To Shagun, Mr. Denny Yi, showing love. Good job, Mr. Fo. <laughs> Thanks so much, Shagun. Shout out to these new speakers that I actually found in a in a in a Walgreens while I was traveling. They are amazing. I love them. All right. With that said, thank you all so much for tuning in to today's show. Super excited about the guests that I have on, and hope all everyone is doing well that is tuned in right now. Please show us some love. Let us know where you're tuning in from. I know some Nigeria folks are on the broadcast, and we always have some people in the UK and in the lovely United States where we are based out of. Currently showing love and tuning in from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. In fact, my guest is right next to me in my same vicinity, literally, right now, literally. And he's going to tell you a little bit more about how that came to be and his background. So today I'm talking to Peter Abiel, who's the co-founder, president, and chief scientist of Covariant.ai. 
And if you don't know what covariant.ai is, ah, oh, you're going to get a mouthful of information today. Literally, it's one of the companies I'm really excited about in the AI machine intelligence space. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because um, when you talk to what Peter is doing, talk to Peter and, and ask him, you know, what is covariant AI? Uh, you know, how did you get started? You know, you'll see that this is someone that was destined to build this venture in this company. And he's really passionate about the future of work and what that looks like, but also fundamentally how artificial intelligence is going to be leveraged in the future of work. And I think he has a lot of perspective for those of you who are interested in the future of work, technology, AI, on how to get into this space and what do you need to do to be successful in this space. So with that said, I'm going to be talking with Peter Bill. I am going to be showing him love and sharing his LinkedIn, covariant.ai's website, all in the comment thread so you all can follow up, connect, and they're hiring. So, you know, if you're ever looking for a job, Peter and team are the people to pitch if you're interested in the AI space. With that said, Peter, thanks for being on the show with us today, man. Well, Tim, thanks for having me. It's real excited to be here. Oh, it's such an honor to have you, man. How are you doing? How's your day going, bro? Well, it's an interesting day. Um, not sure uh, if you know, but um, the way AI research, academic research works, my other hat, the, the Berkeley hat, it, it works with major deadlines a couple times a year. Yeah. Uh, so two, three times a year, there's a major conference deadline and all the work you've been doing, you try to condense it into a set of papers. And so one of those three yearly deadlines was uh, this morning at 4 a.m. Oh wow, dude! So you could yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in interesting times. Yeah, dude. So talk to us a little bit about you know what is going on in the space right now with artificial intelligence, and a little bit about this deadline, and you know what have you been excited about? Um, you know, given that you're the founder of Kaveri.ai, can you walk us back a little bit on the journey into building Kaveri.ai? Of course. So when I look at AI today. Kind of for the community as a whole, I think it really starts in 2012 right. when Jeff Hinton's lab at the University of Toronto showed the ImageNet breakthrough with their neural network. It was the first time that it was just clearly shown, no doubt, that these neural nets were better than previous approaches at solving computer vision problems. And from there, it, it just took off in many, many other fields. Speech recognition was around the same time, language, robotics and so forth. Robotics, of course, the one that I'm most uh, involved in and, and excited about. And in, in some sense, when, when you're asking, yeah, wh wh where did Covariance start? I think in some sense it started there um, in 2012 with that breakthrough because we're, we're building on that. We're, we're building on these deep learning breakthroughs to, to get robots to do things that they could never do before. And I think that that's really what's so intriguing is that um, even till today, most robots out in the world are actually doing very simple pre-programmed motions. Mm. But with all the progress in AI, we can start going beyond that. We can have robots that actually see what's in front of them, reason about it, and make decisions to, to do the right thing for the current situation. And that's really exciting. And, and that's where I think the big opportunities are now for, for robotics, much smarter robots. Mm, mm, mm. So for you, man, what fascinated about the, you about the industry when you were, you know, younger, man? Because you kind of fell into this space just through pure interest, and you, you've always been a tinkerer. You know, what what was that? What was the moment in your childhood that helped you realize, man, this is this is what I want to do. This is what I'm interested in. Yeah, it's it's interesting, asset because for a lot of a lot of my friends working in this space, they they were interested in robotics or AI from very young age, but. 
I didn't have such a well-defined interest. I just thought anything was interesting, a anything, whether it was a new language, geography, biology, math, physics, just <laughs> so interesting to learn anything. Learning something new, no matter what it was, was always very exciting to me. But then at some point, um, I started feeling like, and this is quite subjective, of course, don't take this too literally, but I started feeling like physics and math had a more uh, objective truth to them, um, that, that you could really get to, to the fundamental answer to a question, whereas in other things like literature, there were so many different opinions, it was, it was harder to, to feel like this is really the one right thing. And that's part of the beauty, of course, of literature. But to me personally, I, I guess I felt more comfortable with math and science where uh, there was this notion of, okay, this is the actual best possible answer that anybody can find today to this question. It's, it's right here. It scores better than other things. It's yeah. more precise in predicting things. And it's just fascinating to try to understand how does the world work right. um, at a, as a physics level. Um, but then actually what happened is still that is such a big space. Mm. And so during college, I, I realized I had to narrow it down. I couldn't be an expert at everything, math, science, engineering, it's impossible. Mm. And so to me quickly, what, what became most intriguing was this notion that uh, in artificial intelligence, I saw these things where somebody could write a computer program that plays chess better than they can play themselves. And that to me was so interesting because thinking is so fundamentally human. It, our ability to think is so different from other other species. and we could do yet something else. We could actually build something that can outsmart us mm. possibly. And that was just so, so intriguing to me. And that, that kind of locked it in for me. AI is what I want to do and, and specialize in. Mm. Mm. Man, it's so problem, man, because, you know, my journey, I, I, I never even was even interested in artificial intelligence or even doing any of the stuff that we're doing now with Guide or, or mm -hmm. I, I wasn't even a business guy, man. I was literally just, I just love design. And I fell into just the AI space as well, just through pure intrigue interest. And it's a little bit to a point of what you said, the objective nature of AI and you know being able to build systems that think for themselves. Uh, but also, how do you approach programming them? The, the questions are, are plural because you want to make sure that you build systems that are a reflection of the, the world that we live in, man. So I actually fell in into it as well, just, made, just novice, just interesting intrigue. And you know, just it, it cascaded and it compounded. Now, talk to us a little bit about being a CEO and a founder, man, because I'm sure it's not easy. But also, you're an academic. <laughs> you're doing research on top of this while you're while you're doing it in practice. You're a hybrid, man. How is being a hybrid? You know, you're doing a lot of hats, bro. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of work to do multiple things, as I'm sure you're well aware of. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, th I think the secret of being an academic, at least the secret of, of my happiness in being an academic is that you get to work with students. Mm. And students, I mean, they bring so much energy, excitement, new perspectives. And it's, it's just amazing because they, they just drive things forward much more than you can yourself. I mean, just mm. it's like in a company, you hire people and they'll do all, they'll do more work than you can do yourself. The students come up with new ideas and a lot of what happens is driven by students. And so, for example, the company I founded before Covarent called GreatScope, uh, where we are, uh, build AI that helps instructors, teachers, professors, teaching assistants, uh, grade homework and exams. Um, that was, 
a student who was a teaching assistant in my class, actually two, two of them, and they, they looked at how we were grading uh, on paper and passing these stacks of paper around. They said, this, this can't be the best way to do this. Mm. We should just scan this and then process it online. And a lot of it could probably be automated and, and be done much better. And so I was super excited about it. We built a lot of that together, but ultimately the students took charge and, and, and made it all, all happen. And then similarly with Covariant, the, the story there is uh, a bit a bit longer coming, I would say, um, because Covariant is, robo is robotics and that's what I've been excited about for a very long time. And in my mind, it was always one of those things where someday the AI side of robotics will be ready enough to start unlocking new applications beyond the car manufacturing repeated motion. And my hope was always that I would have students in my lab who would be equally excited to when that moment comes to start a company and, mm -hmm. and to make it happen together, of course, grow from there beyond just the founders. And the funny thing is that's exactly what happened. In, in 2017, I sent an email to all my students and I said, hey, I think there have been a lot of AI breakthroughs since the big initiation of deep learning in 2012 with Jeff Hinton's breakthrough and his students. 2017, a lot has happened, so many new capabilities. Mm. Um, I think time has come to, to build, to think about building companies that really leverage these, these breakthroughs. And uh, I wonder if anybody uh, is thinking about that, would be excited to talk about it. And then two of my students replied, um, who are two of the co-founders of Covarian. They replied, I said, the two of us have already been talking to each other about this. We think the time is right to start an AI robotics company. We've been thinking about it. Um, let, let's let's talk more and, and see if, if we're aligned and we're super aligned. And and then another student uh, also expressed excitement and the four of us started it together. And it's 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 been amazing uh, to to be able to do this. In y'all's journey, did y'all face any roadblocks, any you know venture capitalists or uh, any naysayers who kind of like said, no, this is impossible. What you're doing is completely not not going to, to sell in the market because it's selling and it's an amazing brand that you all are building. I think I think you're always going to run into that. They're not going to say it that way. I mean, they're 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 they're, they're smarter and savvier than that because they know that maybe by two years later, um, it'll 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 really be working, and they want to fund the next round. So I think you, usually they wouldn't say literally, "Oh, that's a bad idea." Uh, I'm I'm not interested, but they would they they would kind of you know more uh, get slow in communication. <laughs> and the, you know the the, gen, the gentle um, notion of uh, maybe this is not what we're going to be investing in right now. I think that's unavoidable. If you try to do something that's just new, um, I, I think if every single investor is interested uh, when you start out, it's probably not mm. a, a very original idea. It's probably something they've seen many times in, in other places, and it's yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't let that stop you if if, uh, <laughs> if you run into a situation like that. 100%. I think ideally a small fraction of people sees it with you. Um, that said, I should say um, the the first venture round is often largely based on team, in my experience. Mm -hmm. In our case, because we had built a strong reputation in AI robotics to allow our research, both at Berkeley and OpenAI, um, most investors were essentially, well, this is what you've been doing for the last 10, 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been pioneering a lot of the research there. Um, 
even if we don't know exactly what you're going to be doing, that this seems like like a smart bet for us to make. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But that's a lot of buildup to get there. Well, I remember you told me too in one of our prior conversations. You were like, you know, the website, uh, you know, that was that that was your y'all's website. Now is like amazing. It's beautiful. The brand is amazing. Everyone gets the product and the vision. But you mentioned that two years ago. <laughs> it was like, Website was like it was just a, it was just text and you know just some um, maybe research paper musings, but things have changed over time. And I think one of the things I, I love about that is that a lot of founders they start their journey and they think that you know it's going to be easy on day one, but it's really a buildup of learnings, pitching, um, actually building the product at the same time, and then eventually you get what where you're at with Covary.ai, which is an amazing platform. Yeah, that, that original website was was pretty funny. We, we put that up in almost no time. Um, people, you can still find it in Internet Archive. It's, I mean, it's essentially just some kind of textured background, and it was one sentence saying, Gavarin uh, is building the next generation of AI for robotic automation, was founded by then the four founder names, Peter Chen, Rocky Duan, Tian Hao Jiang, myself, and is, is venture-backed and based in Emeryville. That's that's all it said. <laughs> and the funny thing is, um, some of our early customers um, would actually tell us we love it. Um, mm. they, they would say, hey, all these other companies that have these nice websites, but we think it's just it's just making up for the fact that their stuff doesn't work. <laughs> you, you guys just put a paragraph up and you're working behind the scenes and making it work. Um, it, it's 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 really. It's a really cool website. It it shows that yeah you're busy with other things. So we're like oh maybe we shouldn't update it. And so we really kept it like that for two or three years. At some point, uh, you you got to have a real website. At some point, you got to get a real website. No, we're really in a in the phase of a website redesign and guy right now. And it's it, it, in, in your, your your website speaks for your brand. You know, to to move further and dive deeper with you, Peter. You know, mm -hmm. what do you see? You know, what's exciting you about the future of work? Um, you know, there's machine intelligence, the work that you're doing with Kaverin.ai, as well as mm -hmm. the work you're doing just in the in the AI space. Um, with other fellow academics, you know, what's going on right now for you that you're really just passionate about and um, kind of keeps you up at night with excitement, hopefully? Yeah, so in my mind, when when I think about kind of the future of work in, in generality, um, the, thing, the thing that's most on my mind is that as AI gets better and better over mm -hmm. time, um, what is it really? What, what is that's happening under the hood? Under the hood, what's happening is that today's AI solutions, the, the, the kind of current generation of systems, is largely data driven. It's a lot of data um, somehow gets put into a neural network, and then it can pattern recognize or make decisions over time. And what what that means to me is that if if a if a job is uh, very repetitive. Um, kind of mind numbing in some ways, mm. um, it's the kind of thing that an AI should be really good at. And of course, it's a, it's a two-edged sword in some sense. It's, it's great that AI can automate this and I think it'll make the standard of living across the world much, much better uh, when AI can help out. I mean, technology, that's what it does. I mean, we, we can talk to each other over a video call here. Uh, it'd be much harder if we didn't have this technology. At the same time, I think, um, our education systems need, need to be um, improved because mm. um, I think the 
the notion of kind of going going into work uh, and the first two years, it's a challenge, but then the rest of your life, you do the same thing and it's not a challenge anymore. I think that's going to start disappearing because mm -hmm. after two years, you're used to it. Well, then an AI could probably also get used to it. And so I think creativity, um, doing new things, learning new things is, is really what people have been saying for a while, but I think more and more uh, will be the future of work and, and really important to, to just make sure people are, are, are ready to, to do that kind of work. Yeah, and I've also been fascinated about the broader conversation around data ethics and, and data integrity. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing this in the in the fallout and the reactions that Facebook is happening currently in the markets. And you know, no shade on Facebook, but it's it's been there's been real issues in the past that public policymakers and everyone is now kind of getting woke to. But you know, one of the things I fundamentally believe is that privacy and and, and safety is have always been important for consumers and anyone that's dealing with data. Um, but I think that issues in the past from big tech firms and you know, just like shady things that have been happening, especially with the with things happening in cybersecurity right now, right? Like in Russia uh -huh. and politics, that <laughs> now it's like this bubble point where everyone now is really paying strict attention. And now there's products and there's platforms and there's founders who are building um, products that are focused on privacy and integrity. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a, a, a huge movement around that. And I think it, it, it relates to your point of, you know, of how, uh, people are waking up on on what are the best use cases for AI, right? Like it's not necessarily, mm -hmm. you shouldn't think about AI as just a recommendation engine, uh, you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> right? It can really be soft, used to solve routine tasks or fundamentally really help people maybe in home healthcare situations, mm -hmm. uh, robotic support and things of that nature. And those are really broad and applicable use cases. Yeah, that one to me is one of my, longer term dreams that, I mean, that's not what we're doing at Coverant right now. Coverant is about AI that essentially is the brain behind robots that fulfill your orders. You click on something online and it, it helps find things in, in, in a bin in the warehouse and puts it in the box that comes to you. And that, that is, that's how all these logistics operations become a lot more efficient and, and cheaper. And it, it's affordable for everybody to just get things online. But the, the thing you're describing, one of the things you're describing, this notion of helping in the home, Mm. It's, it's something that I think is in a lot of people's minds. Uh, who wouldn't want a robot that can that can help you at home? Um, it's actually much harder. It's much harder because every home is different. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a robot that works in every home is really hard to build compared to a robot that works in, let's say, just factories or just warehouses. Because much fewer factories and warehouses than there are homes. But in my mind, the, the really important one is going to be the one you alluded to, helping take care of uh, our becoming elderly population. And I think independence, I mean, I've, I've seen it myself firsthand how when people lose their independence and yes, they get maybe put in a nice elderly care facility or something and it's nice and it's 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 beautiful and it's taken, you know, it's all taken care of, but it's the independence is lost. <laughs> and uh, that takes some of the fire away inside people's lives. Mm. And I think if we can, not, it's not gonna be possible now, but if in, in the, foreseeable future, we can have robots that can let people live independently much longer. I think that's going to be a really positive thing. Yeah, it's going to be a huge game changer. Shout out to uh, a fellow friend that we both know, Mrs. Olivia Blount. <laughs> you are talking to Peter again. I'm so jealous. Don't be jealous. Join us. <laughs> Join us. Let's hang out with you soon. Olivia, shout out to you. Olivia is also a fellow Oaklander. Don't know if she's there right now. 
She's and she's also mentioning the senior population is super important. We are working on that in our current sprint. Oh, the that's great, Olivia. Wow. Yeah, a little bit more, more. more. Yeah, yeah. Let us know, uh, and, and we'll show you some love and reshare with our community. Peter, it's been an honor having you on the show. You know, what would be any takeaways for anyone that's listening and tuning in right now? You know, that hopefully want to be the next Peter Beal, right? Building a company and also <laughs> being an academic. Where do they start uh, in terms of in their journey? Uh, and getting into AI or eventually building their own venture? Yeah, so maybe there's just two things on my mind there. One is, I think everybody's unique and has their unique strengths. Mm. And I think it's it's very easy to just get excited about something that's that's popular and also want to you know, be like or do what's most popular. Um, but I think it's often better to to try to Inspect yourself. Think hard about what what are you particularly good at, and this can be very different things for different people. Of course, that's the beauty of having such. I mean, everybody on this world, and I think thinking hard about where you can do something unique would be my my highest order advice. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'll give an example, <laughs> just stupid example, maybe. But um, you know, when I grew up, I, I, you know, initially I want to be a basketball player. I was never good enough, but that that was my dream, right? To become a basketball player. And I would have loved to have been a bas- professional basketball player, but you know, I, I could play, but not nearly at the level for professional play. Um, and that's all good. And I think it's great to pursue the, you know, any kind of dream when you're a kid and so forth. But I think at some point I had to take a reality check, right? And say, okay, what, what am I actually uh, good at? Uh, mm-hmm. And it wasn't, wasn't basketball. <laughs> it was more math and science and everybody will have their own. And I think, you know, think about that hard. Because even if it's not popular today, whatever you're good at might become very impactful and popular a few years down the line. So, so think about that hard. If specifically thinking about AI, I think what, what I like actually most, if anything, about the AI community is how there's just this general spirit of putting course materials online. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, my, my PhD advisor, Andrew Ring, is one of the pioneers of that with Coursera and deep learning AI. But then almost all the Berkeley courses are online many, many schools have their courses online. And so you don't even need to be at a specific school to be able to learn. If you have an internet connection, you can watch YouTube. You have a piece of paper, you take some notes to internalize things. Uh, hopefully you can write some code to, to practice things. I think you can get into it. You, you don't need to be at any particular place though. I mean, it often helps to have a, a community of people that you're part of, of course. Mm, yeah, 100%. Hey, be, find your community. Find your community, whether it be the guide community, or the Covariant.ai community. Find your community. Yes. <laughs> and, and if you're interested in working with Covariant.ai, make sure to give Peter a shout out. He's super accessible on Twitter and LinkedIn. And check out their website. We'll be adding link. I've already actually added links in the comments. Peter, it was an honor having you on the show today, man. You know, we would love to send you some free tea for you and the team so you guys can sit Oh, and- that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah, while you guys build a, a world-changing company, man. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to having you on in the future, brother. Would love to. Have See a great you. rest of your week. Bye. You, man. Shout out to Peter Abiel, who we just had on Guide Live B2B Jam Session. Thank you so much for everyone that's tuning in. Much love to you all. Please make sure to check out BigBlackTea.com, our newest brand that is making waves. We were recently featured in Newsweek. Yeah, Newsweek, that Newsweek. Thanks all, all to the strength of our customers and the power of our movement. Much love to you all for showing us love and featuring us on Newsweek, literally Newsweek. 
I was literally stumped when we when we got that. But shout out to Mrs. Savvy Millennial, Savannah Peterson, who was one of our customers, who showed us mad love and got us on Newsweek. And that's earned media that we were not working on <laughs> right now because we're really, really busy right now. So shout out to Savannah for showing us mad love. And also shout out to Olivia because she was like, I want to come on guide. Olivia, you're always welcome and guide. Always welcome. All right. Like, we love you. We're always watching what you're doing. And we love the movement that you're leading in the West Coast and in Berkeley. With that said, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, I'm going to link out to that Newsweek article that features Big Black Tea just because that was huge for us, but we couldn't have achieved it without you all. Let me find it. I'll put it in the in the comments post this episode. In addition to that, you know, Olivia, you know, and all of the people that are tuning in, you all are always doing cool stuff. Shagun, you're always doing some cool stuff, right? Like, or you know someone that's doing cool stuff, like Peter. Olivia actually connected me to Peter, and we got him on the show, literally. So every time I tell y'all, look, I am always looking for guests on the show, I mean it. I truly mean it. In fact, I mean it so much that I'll even put you guys on the show right now if this actual tool made it easy for me to do that. It doesn't really make it easy for you to do that, so I can't do that. But I can always put you on the show if you give me a heads up and say, hey, I would love to be on the show so I can talk about what I'm doing. Olivia is probably going to be on the show literally in the next two weeks just because she said, hey, I would love to be on the show. And Olivia, I know, is always working on something cool that I'm just like, I can't even keep up with. So Olivia, you're going to be on the show next. But if any of you all want to be on the show or know someone that's super cool, that would be perfect to be on Guide Live BDB Jam Session. Please, 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 please. Get them on the show, right? Tell them to check out utfow.com to apply to get on the show. We have people who are reaching out to me every single day, literally saying, hey, I want to be on a guest, or I know this cybersecurity expert or this tech expert or this professional development guru. Can I get them on the show? I'm like, yes, we want more guests. We want to keep this going. We want the momentum. So we are open because, once again, our thesis is our platform is your platform, and we really want to lead an amazing movement with each of you who are a part of our God community. All right, y'all. Hopefully you all are sipping in peace. Check out bigblacktea.com. We continue to sell out. The demand is crazy. We love you all for showing us love every single day. In fact, Olivia got some free tea because she is an influencer and a creator and she's doing amazing things. And look, we're always about the free tea. So use It's On Us as a discount on bigblacktea.com for a free bag of tea or use Abundance for an additional free bag of tea as well. In addition, if you think you're an amazing creator, you're killing it, or you know other creators, sign up for Guide. Sign up for Guide. We're forever in beta. We're always building. More importantly, we're grateful to be leading this movement with you. All right, y'all. Happy day one. And as always, live and operate with abundance. Peace. But wait, I'm not going to leave y'all out cold. I got y'all on some music. (laughs) Hold on. Uh, okay, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Ah. Boom. What y'all know about the Bobby Brown? Yeah. Too hot yeah. to handle, too cold to hold. They call the Ghostbusters in the end control. Have throwing parties for a bunch of children. Well, all the while, the sound under the bill. So they packed up your boots, got a grip, came equipped, grabbed the proton packs on the back, then they split. Fly out of my beagle, the rest of evil. Try to battle my boys, that's not legal. Thank <laughs> you.